Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from Monday of the fifth week of Lent. A reading from the book of Daniel. The assembly condemned Susanna to death, but Susanna cried aloud, O eternal God, you know what is hidden and are aware of all things before they come to be. You know that they have testified falsely against me. Here I am about to die, though I have done none of the things which with these with which these wicked men have charged me. The Lord heard her prayer. As she was being led to execution, God stirred up the Holy Spirit of a young boy named Daniel, and he cried aloud, I will have no part in the death of this woman. All the people turned and asked him, What is this you are saying? He stood in their midst and continued, Are you such fools, O children of Israel, to condemn a woman of Israel without examination and without clear evidence? Return to court, for they have testified falsely against her. Then all the people returned in haste. To Daniel the elder said, Come sit with us and inform us, since God has given you the prestige of old age. But he replied, Separate these two far from each other, that I may examine them. After they were separated one from the other, he called one of them and said, How you have grown evil with age. Now have your past sins come to term, passing unjust sentences, condemning the innocent, and freeing the guilty. Although the Lord says, The innocent and the just you shall not put to death. Now then, if you were a witness, tell me under what tree you saw them together. Under the mastic tree, he answered. Daniel replied, Your fine lie has cost you your head, for the angel of God shall receive the sentence from him and split you in two. Putting him to one side, he ordered the other one to be brought. Daniel said to him, Offspring of Canaan, not of Judah, beauty has seduced you. Lust has, has subverted your conscience. This is how you acted with the daughters of Israel, and in their fear they yielded to you. But a daughter of Judah did not tolerate your wickedness. Now then, tell me under what tree you surprised them together. Under an oak, he said. Daniel replied, Your fine lie has cost you also your head, for the angel of God waits with a sword to cut you in two, so as to make an end of you both. The whole assembly cried aloud, Blessing God who saves those who hope in him. They rose up against the two elders, for by their own words Daniel convicted them of perjury. According to the law of Moses, they inflicted on them the penalty they had plotted to impose on their neighbor. They put them to death. Thus was innocent blood spared that day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side, with your rod and your staff that give me courage. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. Even though I walk in the dark valley, I fear no evil, for you are at my side. The Lord be with you. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You testify on your own behalf, so your testimony cannot be verified. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I do testify on my own behalf, my testimony can be verified, because I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I came from or where I am going. You judge by appearances, but I do not judge anyone. Even if I should judge, my judgment is valid, because I am not alone. But it is I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law it is written that the testimony of two men can be verified. I testify on my own behalf, and so does the Father who sent me. So they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the treasury in the temple area. But no one arrested him, because his hour had not yet come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What's in a name? Uh, it depends on the name, I guess, right? It's a uh, common occurrence, of course, to be asked one's name, to make a doctor's appointment, to pick up a prescription, to board an airplane. And almost any other activity requires a person to reveal his or her identity, his or her name. And some names evoke disgust the minute they're heard. Adolf Hitler, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Epstein come to mind. Last week, Prince Andrew walked with his nearly 96-year-old mother, Queen Elizabeth, into a memorial service for his father and was widely criticized for doing so. Regardless of what you may believe about Prince Andrew, I think he should be permitted without comment to attend his dad's memorial service. But a person's name is perhaps their most precious asset because when it's damaged, it's devastating. I had a conversation recently with a man who has done extensive research on the concept of defamation of character for a doctoral thesis. In some ancient cultures, defaming a person's character or name without proof was punishable by death. We even hear it in our first reading today. Does that seem harsh to you? The reasoning behind the sentence is remarkably logical, actually. If you destroy a person's name, you take their life from them. And I'm here to tell you it's true. I bet, I'll bet journalists, celebrities, secular courts, even social media users would be way more careful about what they said or implied about someone if the penalty for a false statement actually fit the crime. Sadly, there are all kinds of legal loopholes to keep you from prosecution, though. As it turns out, defamation has to be definitively proven, sometimes even with uh, proven with malicious intent. Funny how the, those same standards don't necessarily apply to uh, protecting the person whose name is harmed, though. In our first reading, Susanna was defamed, nearly successfully, when she refused the impure advances of, of two uh, men in the community. They conspired against her to ru ruin her name. In fact, if found guilty, she would have been stoned to death. So Daniel saved her life, both literally and figuratively. Even if she had lived, if presumed to be impure, she would have been held in contempt for the rest of her life. Jesus himself was defamed. His discourse in today's gospel occurs during the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles, also known as the Festival of Lights, referring to the large candelabras that burned in the temple during the feast, illuminating the darkness of the night. When Jesus pronounced himself the light of the world, he very likely was drawing a comparison between the temporary light of the candles 
and the eternal light of God's word. It's only when we see, see as God sees that we perceive the truth. Jesus didn't kill reputations. In fact, many times he restored them, even if the accusations were just. Kind of makes the old saying, if you don't have anything good to say about someone, say nothing at all. A lot more real, doesn't it? I don't want blood on my hands. Or worse, yet, I don't want blood on my lips. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great day.